Coronavirus research is back. Yep, those morons are doing it again. Because I guess they just didn't learn the first time. 15-minute cities are crap. If you didn't know that already, we'll explain exactly how and why. And they freely admit they are coming for your kids. Yep. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Yes, we have a new look around here, and uh, yeah, I was very busy this weekend. All of our merchandise has been updated. I'll show you that in a little while. We'll get to that. And uh, more. Blackout Coffee, by the way, founded by the principles of our conservative values. Fresh roasted, premium grade coffee from a company that supports our American values. Support this company and get an amazing cup of coffee, the best coffee you've ever had. Check out the link in our show notes and also use our promo code JS20 for 20% off your first order. All right, let's get on with it. It's time for an update on our favorite furry little friend. That would be Miko and the Miko Update. Doing great. Had a couple of good walks. I know it's not like not big on your priority list, but she did two poops tonight. So for Miko, that's fantastic. And uh, she's doing great. She ate all of her lunch and all of her dinner. Okay, there was a little bit of hand feeding involved, but we're trying to break her of that habit. I, look, if you have any tips, let me know. PM me or show at jsheldon.com. Uh, because I just, I, no matter what I do, I can't figure this dog out. And, uh, you know, because we keep giving in to her, I think. Anyway, our uh, Miko update brought to you by BarkBox.com. That is a monthly subscription service you get for your dog. Every month, they will send right to your door a themed box full of two toys, two bags of treats, and a dog chew. Mm. Every month, a new theme, new designs, and uh, the toys are fantastic. The treats are all good for your dog. None of that chemical crap in there. And the chew, too. And if your dog has any allergies, there's a checkbox when you order. You just uh, check off whatever it is, and they'll make sure you don't get it. 100% happiness guarantee with BarkBox.com. Whatever you're not happy with, get a hold of customer service. They're fantastic, and they will make it right. If you use our special link in the show, notes you will get an amazing deal that is a month free when you sign up for a multi-month subscription so check it out barkbox.com slash miko <clears throat> that is the place to go and thank you barkbox for uh helping out with sponsoring the show all right let's get right into it uh we'll tell you about our new merch line coming up in just a bit but this uh, headline popped. I know there's a lot of mainstream stuff going on with Russia and all that other stuff, but normally we cover stuff that isn't the lead stories sometimes. But, you know, we'd prefer... You already heard about that from all your news outlets and Twitter and everywhere else. But uh, <clears throat> the stuff you maybe didn't hear or were too busy reading stuff about Russia and all that crap, Hunter Biden, that criminal Joe Biden, the rotting bag of flesh in the White House. 
Anyway, <clears throat> as if they didn't learn their lesson the first time. This is unbelievable, folks. The National Institute of Health is resuming their funding for risky coronavirus research. What? Yep. They have resumed funding for experiments on bat coronaviruses. The grants have been paused right after COVID-19 broke out. EcoHealth Alliance, now $2.3 million <clears throat> over four years to start studying these dangerous viruses again. Again. They didn't learn. New York City-based nonprofit research has been performing this controversial taxpayer-funded, as in you and I pay for it, for years. Experiments that mixed parts of different bat viruses related to severe acute respiratory syndrome, SARS, the coronavirus, that of course sparked a global outbreak, dating back to 2014 according to the American Association for the Advancement of Science. They described it as a stripped-down version of the original grant. It won't involve studies of hybrid coronaviruses. Uh-huh. Subawards from EcoHealth have also gone to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Honest to God, they're giving them more of our money. This is beyond the pale. EcoHealth includes a 2019 grant, grant to the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where researchers attached the pro, uh, spike protein of various wild bat coronaviruses to different virus backbones in order to gauge the wild pathogen's potential to infect human airway cells. Well, we know how that worked out, don't we? Nature Magazine is reporting this new grant does come with some stipulations. They can't perform any of this research in China <laughs> or collect any new live samples from vertebrates like bats. It also cannot enhance the virulence or transmission of a virus, otherwise known as gain-of-function research. The tighter restrictions come as EcoHealth was found to have misreported $90,000 worth of expenses although it might not have made much of a difference considering NIH's rather poor track record of any kind of oversight. In April, they reported the NIH ignored basic oversight of $2.2 billion, with a B, billion dollars worth of experimental grants to foreign countries. They are doing it again. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Seriously. Call your congressperson. Get a hold of them. There's a link in our show notes. It'll tell you who represents you. And tell them, knock this crap off. 
It's our tax money. Our tax money paying to get this research done again. Like they didn't learn the first time. Or, you know what? Maybe they did learn and they just don't give a crap. I would tend to go with that one. Mm -hmm. Read the whole story. It's in our show notes. There's a link there. Check it out. It's frightening. It's, it's stupid, but it's also frightening. Okay, Reclaim the Net's got a great article up, and it has to do with digital ID. Are you ready, Denver? They're coming for you. More and more. You know, we do these stories, and it's this city, then it's this city, then it's that city, then it's this town, and then it's this state. How much longer before it's this country? I say not much. Denver Airport, which already has its own problems, is testing facial recognition. More invasive technology rolling out across the U.S. Denver Airport become the latest recipient of advanced biometric credential authentication terminals, basically face scanners. It's been installed at the airport's North Security Checkpoint. They uh, use face biometrics to process travelers. This addition to Denver takes the number of airports with TSA devices to 16 nationwide. 16 nationwide airports have this crap installed. Um, It stems from a $128 million contract awarded earlier this year to IDEMIA, Identity and Security North America, from the U.S. Transportation Security Administration, TSA, also known as your tax dollars at work against you. This contract aims to spread the implementation of CAT2 ID scanners and face biometric scanners throughout airports in the U.S. They are currently up to 16. Not without controversy, CAT machines have been rejecting Colorado IDs, including driver's licenses, which are manufactured by Thales. These are not just an issue at Denver International. They've been reported in various airports within Colorado and across the country. TSA says uh, travelers having a valid boarding pass and driver's license will still be allowed to pass through checkpoints, even if the facial ID doesn't recognize you. The deployment of this biometric facial ID crap raises some major privacy concerns. They involve the collection and the processing of sensitive data. Once they've got your face in the system, folks, it's in the system, and you can't get it out. And who do they share that data with? Mm, Just about everybody, or maybe whoever wants to pay for it. Facial recognition technology essentially maps your facial features, which makes a unique identifier. Because my eyes, my nose, my mouth, my ears, they are different. And they are not in exactly the same place. The size of my forehead, which is, by the way, growing. Uh, (laughs) Everyone is different. It's a fingerprint. 
And this data, if they're not caref careful with it, and you know they're not, could be susceptible to breaches, unauthorized access, let alone the issues of using this kind of invasive technology in the first place. The potential here for misuse or function creep, you know, like mission creep, function creep is what they call it, and it's true. Data collected for one purpose, later used for another, unintended or unauthorized purpose. <clears throat> it is a huge, huge, as DT would say, huge concern. No, it, it seriously is. Once they've got you, they've got you, and they ain't letting go. Hmm. Not even for a minute. All right. We're going to talk about 15-minute cities in just a bit. First, if you just uh, give me a moment of your time, <clears throat> be patient. Hey, folks, if you like a good cup of coffee, you cannot go wrong with this guy. Not that guy. That's Dan Bongino. He's got his own blend. These guys, Blackout Coffee. Blackout Coffee. From roasting the beans, sourcing the beans, customer support, uh, support shipping, Blackout Coffee has an incredible work ethic. They're dedicated to promoting conservative principles, American values, the things you and I hold near and dear to our hearts, and they accept absolutely no compromise on quality. Seriously, this coffee tastes amazing. It's one thing to love the country. That comes first of all, of course. But you got to make a good product. That's how you love the country. Capitalism. Hard work. I can tell you the owner of this company cares about two things. The USA and making a damn good cup of coffee. Do me a favor. Check out Blackout Coffee at the link in our show notes. It's the top link in there. And uh, you will get an incredible deal. And we have a promo code Oh, yeah, know how you love them promo codes. There it is. At checkout, once you've ordered, you use the promo code JS20, J-A-Y-S-20, and you'll get 20% off your first order. That's a hell of a deal. That's a sweet deal. JS20 is the promo code to use at checkout, and you will get 20% off your first order. Folks, this company supports our troops, supports our our first responders and we need you to support them because not only will you be helping in their quest to continue american values conservative values family hard work but you'll also be getting yourself an amazing cup of coffee it's incredible use the link in our show notes blackout coffee man i'm telling you these guys they're the best. They really are. Blackout Coffee. Check them out. All right. 15-minute cities. Do they work? What are they? You know, I realized when I was putting this little bit together today that a lot of people hear that phrase, 15-minute cities, but maybe just don't completely understand exactly what they are or how they work. So... I put this link in our show notes because if you want to find out, I mean, you hear the phrase all the time with all this carbon emission bullshit and everything else that everybody's trying to push, net zero crap, 15-minute cities is something everybody's been talking about. Now, righteous, right-minded people have been fighting like 
hell against this, and good for you. But city planners are saying we have to rethink the way we build urban areas to make them more sustainable, healthy, and just. The so-called 15-minute city is just one idea. And are they viable? No, they are not. And there is no need for them. They're perfectly useless because you've seen the research on this whole carbon crap and how much bull crap it actually is. This George Orwellian 1984 garbage is being forced down our throats. Take a look at this review reality of 15-minute cities. What well, a 15-minute city mean? Basically a neighborhood where you can reach everything you need within a 15-minute footwalk, a doctor, grocery store, and so forth. However, if you now fancy another store and it does not happen to be in your neighborhood, you won't be going to that store anymore. Total control is what we're talking about. Once they decide you're no longer allowed to leave your 15-minute immediate area, they don't have to fence it in or anything. It will be done via digital ID. With a social credit system, kind of Something maintaining like that. compliance. Yes. And there's pilot projects already going on in Bologna. It's called the Bologna Wallet. And in Vienna, it's called the Vienna Token. It's voluntary for now. And it's only pretty much enticing people to get some tickets for a little less or something like that to go to theater, something like that. But soon there will be a time you don't have a choice anymore. You have to have this digital green certificate, this QR code, whatever. And then they will tell you where you can go, what you can do, and what you can and cannot do. It's voluntary for now. But that won't, <clears throat> won't be forever. Studies show more bikes and pedestrian traffics in cities saves money. So less is spent on road maintenance and health sectors. You see how they're trying to sell this crap? Oh, it's good for you. It's convenient. But what if you don't want to shop at the store in your 15-minute city? You want to shop at another one. Eh, sorry, you're not allowed there without your little digital ID. And remember the thing about the Denver airport and the facial recognition? That'll be next. You won't even need a digital ID QR code on your handphone. The cameras will see your face and you won't be allowed in that area. The door won't open to a store because they've scanned you and you're outside of your 15-minute city. So, a lot of shop owners concerned too about this whole idea. Uh, that sales will be affected badly since you can no longer get to their shop by a car. In western cities, Portland, 20% drop in car traffic following this introduction of a 20-minute city concept also led to an additional $1.2 billion staying in the local economy. It's convenient. It's for the common good. It will help reduce your carbon footprint. Our carbon footprint doesn't matter a hill of freaking beans to greenhouse gas and climate scam and all that other crap they're trying to shove down our throats. Seriously, it makes absolutely no difference at all. But you just keep drinking the Kool-Aid Here's some, oh, I love this. I put this tweet from Wide Awake Media. 
You're talking about carbon, the influence. CO2. This is just a bunch of data, but it's important you listen and you know about this. I didn't mean to preach to you, but I'm just saying. Check out this tweet. Share it with your friends. CO2 makes up 0.04% of the atmosphere. 25 times less than 1%. Humans, you and I, contribute just 3% of that. 3% of 0.04 is 0.0012%. 833 times less than 1%. Which means... If we stopped all human carbon emissions immediately, just turned a switch somehow, and every bit of human carbon emissions were shut off, it would make 833 times less than 1% of difference to the atmosphere. And they want to bog you down in a freaking 15-minute city for that. Useless. Even if we quadrupled our carbon emissions, CO2 would still, from humans, only make up 0.0436%. 23 times less than 1%. There's a chart here. Check it out. It's in the link. The link is in our show notes. Next time some of your climate scam friends want to talk to you about human carbon emission and how dangerous for the environment. Ooh, climate change. Show them that tweet. Open their eyes. Bookmark that. Keep it with you. Show it to your freaky friends who believe and drink this Kool-Aid. It's insane. Insane. And Sweden has woken up. Man, we're doing a lot about this tonight, but it's worth it because they are going to control your life any way they can. It's all just about control. That's all it is. Sweden has said to you. They have dumped their climate agenda. Yes. They have completely scrapped their green energy targets. Love this. They just dealt a blow below the belt to the globalist climate agenda, scrapping its green energy targets in a statement announced a new policy by the Swedish Parliament Finance Minister Elizabeth Svantesen warned that Scandinavian nation needs a stable energy system. She asserted the wind and solar power are too unstable, boy ain't that the truth, to meet the nation's energy requirements. The Swedish government switching back to nuclear power and has ditched its target for a 100% renewable energy supply. This a huge blow to unreliable and inefficient wind and solar power. So basically, Sweden said, get out and don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way. I love that story. 
Sweden waking up. Sweden has led the fold in a lot of this stuff, even in the uh, vaccines and everything else. They have done a lot to say, mm, nope, sorry, not going to happen. We're not putting up with it. <laughs> They're coming for your kids, and they fully admit it. We have done these stories on our show, and I'm telling you, they just come right out and say it now. There's no doubt about it. First of all, give me a break here and little patience, just uh, 60 seconds or so, so I can tell you about another one of our incredible sponsors. That would be Brickhouse Nutrition. Yes! Brickhouse Nutrition is an amazing site full of all kinds of products that are so good for you and so good for your health. And Brickhouse Nutrition has one particular product that you cannot add to your daily intake of goodies. Folks, fruits and vegetables, the key to healthy living. But while fruits and vegetables are, of course, the anchor of any healthy diet, the problem is they're hard to cook, they're hard to prepare, you got to go shopping, they're perishable. How many times have you bought fruits and vegetables, and by the time you get to eat them, they've gone off, they've gone rotten? It's a science-backed formula, Field of Greens, specific, healthy, wholesome fruits and vegetables ground up into a great-tasting powder. You just mix it in with your favorite drink. You can use water if you want, but green tea, orange juice, whatever. And these are real USDA organic fruits and vegetables. They're not extracts. If you look on the back of the package, it doesn't say supplement facts. It says nutrition facts because these are real fruits and vegetables comes in a bunch of great tasting flavors you can see some of them here and uh, you will absolutely love it it is so good for you in fact you try this stuff for a month or two and then when you have your next checkup i guarantee your doctor's going to come out and say look i don't know what you're doing but keep doing it it's working field of greens from brick house nutrition there is a link in our show notes to get a special deal. Use that link to check out Field of Greens and Brickhouse Nutrition, and you will get an amazing offer. Save yourself some cash and start your way to a healthier lifestyle, good-tasting, healthy-living, USDA organic fruits and vegetables, all there and very easy to add to your diet. Brickhouse Nutrition. Thanks, folks. All right, it is uh, New York City drag time. As you know, we're coming, thankfully, towards the end of what used to be Pride Month. Now it's just Embarrassing Month. Um, and yeah, they just won't give up. Like I said, you want to have Pride celebrations as an adult? Knock yourselves out, couldn't care less. I have marched in Pride parades before, but... When you start mucking around with our kids, you've crossed a line that should never, ever, ever be crossed. And now they're coming for your kids and they're not afraid to say it. LGBTQ activists marching in New York City's annual drag queen parade chanted, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. Not kidding. Hundreds of advocates paraded down Thompson Square Park to the Stonewall Inn, Greenwich Village, 
Friday night during the annual New York City Drag March, the parade commemorated the Stonewall Riots from 1969 when there was a gay rights protest at the Stonewall Inn, a gay bar. Uh, videos showed the LGBTQ activists chanting during the procession, We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. <coughs> Look, you know where we draw that line. We don't care what you do. We don't care who you love. We don't care who you sleep with. What we care about is our kids and you keeping your grimy freaking mitts off them. Another video from the event shows participants chanting devoutly from one of the leaders. People in the crowd seen holding signs that read, Groom Sisses and Drag Isn't for Sissies. Members of the Sisters of Perpetual Stupidity, the group with the Dodgers there who just had all the controversy, uh, they were at the event. The drag queen transgender group sparked Christian backlash, of course, when the L.A. Dodgers Pride celebration this month. Marjorie Green, our representative from Georgia, reacted to the video saying, this movement grooms minors. And they had to have mastectomies, castrations, fuels a multi-billion dollar medical child abuse industry. Boy, ain't that the truth. There is a pass the Protect Children's Innocent Act. Let kids be kids. It's a bill that would make it a felony to perform any gender-affirming care on a minor. Unbelievable. When they tell you who they are, Charlie Kirk says, believe them. And there you go. We're here. We're queer. We're coming for your children. Not if I have anything to say about it. I'm more than happy to support pride marches, equal rights, but you have crossed the line. You, the LGB movement, and the rest of those letters, they are two totally different things. And sadly, the rest of those letters are having a horrible effect on the first three, who fought long and hard to get the same rights straight people have. As well they should have, and good on them. But when these other freaks start screwing around, sad day. We're coming for your children. When they tell you who they are, believe them. How about this one? The United Nation, linked to this story is in our show notes. They're coming for you this way too. They are encouraging social media users to report other users for what they call online hate speech. Now, they define hate speech as offensive discourse targeting a group or an individual based on inherent characteristics such as race, religion, or gender, <clears throat> and that may threaten social peace. That's the UN's definition of 
hate speech. There you go. Hmm. They published a tweet, the UN, to help people become more aware of the consequences associated with hate speech online. They linked their guide as to how to deal with hate speech, or new speech, or how to be Big Brother, which includes reporting it to government authorities. Here's the tweet from the UN. Hate speech can take many different forms, but no matter what it looks like, hate speech has real consequences. Learn how you can take action. It's not just a comment. See the megaphone with the, well, it looks like a Glock, <clears throat> nine millimeter in there. Yeah. No to hate. They, there are eight steps. You'll, you'll love this. Pause, fact check, react, challenge, support, report, educate, and commit. So, be a good little lefty and report all those folks you just happen to not agree with. Because the UN considers it hate speech. Basically, it's just stuff that they don't like you saying. It has nothing to do with hate. All right. <clears throat> when, I was look <clears throat> when I was looking for a, a kind of lighter story to wrap up this part of the show with. I kept finding story after story after story, and I thought, you know what, let's just do a segment. There's a, we'll just jam a bunch of this crap in here because it's all good, and it will all make you laugh. Have you ever wanted to leave work early? I mean, you know, you had a rough day, you had to deal with some liberal leftist morons or some Karen and you know you just you get off at six it's 4 30 and you know it's like you know what I just need to get the hell out of here so what do you do you just beg for mercy for the boss and ask to leave early you pretend you're sick for some reason or another and you got to go home you have an emerge emergency come up and you got to leave well that I mean there's a whole lot of ways hey I've done it myself I've been alive a long time, so of course I've, you know, I've, if it's possible to have done it, likely I've done it. There is one thing you probably don't want to do if you want to get off work early. An Oklahoma gas station employee wanted to go home early. <clears throat> so what did he do? He asked one of his friends to rob him at work. Not exactly the sharpest tool in the shed. I don't know which one of these three from the Tulsa Police Department photo lineup is the employee. But anyway, an Oklahoma gas station employee wanted to leave early. Uh, police responded to a robbery at the gas station in Tulsa, June 5th. Uh, Isalis Jones, the store clerk, allegedly told police a masked man walked into the convenience store, handed him a note that said, give me all your money or I will shoot you. Jones reportedly told police 
he complied with the thief, handed over the money from the store's cash register. Well, they identified the alleged robber as Stephen Jones, no relation to the clerk. The suspect arrested June 8th. He admitted he had robbed the store, but he claimed his friend had invited him to rob the store. Aliyah Locke, a mutual friend of both men, allegedly asked Jones to rob the gas station at the behest of the gas station worker. She confessed to setting up the robbery. Locke also provided text messages from Jones asking for someone to rob the store so he could leave early. Now, I'm guessing he had to sit around and fill out a police report. He had to try and maybe identify some people. You know, get to get involved in the whole investigation. A robbery is not a small deal. So I would guess he probably wound up spending an extra two, three hours with the cops conducting this investigation. And I'm going to have to bet that probably was a lot longer than this guy's shift would have been. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I said, not exactly the sharpest tool in the toolbox. Yeah. All right, here's one for you. Again, it's a tweet. I put the tweet in our show notes tonight so you can share it out with your friends. This is such a cool story, and I did not know this. The You, you know Little Caesar's Pizza? I don't know. We don't have it here. I don't know. Do they even still have Little Caesars Pizza? I think so. Anyway, the founder of Little Caesars Pizza, Mike Ilch, paid Rosa Parks rent for over 10 years. Do not tell me you don't know who Rosa Parks is. If you don't, look it up. You need to know. Everyone should know who Rosa Parks is. That's that lady in the picture. The guy in the picture is the owner, the founder of Little Caesars Pizza. He paid Rosa Parks rent for 10 years. When he learned she'd been robbed and beaten in her Detroit home in 1994, he moved her into a safer apartment and established a trust to cover the housing expenses until her passing. He kept this and many other kindnesses he did throughout his life completely quiet. No one knew. He didn't post about it. He didn't brag about it. He simply did it because it was the right thing to do. Wow. What a story. Rosa Parks, taken care of by the uh, by the founder of Little Caesar's Pizza. That is a very cool story. All right, and I got one more for you. One more. Just bear with me because this is incredible. It's a video as purely a video. There's no sound when you're listening on the pad, uh, podcast. Sorry about that. But you got to check this out. A crane operator noticed a calf in a water canal that was full of rushing water. And this calf had fallen in to this canal. The water zooming by with Unbelievable timing. This taking place in Igdir, uh, Turkey. An amazing 
piece of timing from this crane operator. Hang on, let me switch over here. And let me turn the sound on. It's going to double my voice, but bear with it. All right. Watch this. Now, there is no sound. Okay. There's the calf. There's the crane. Watch this. Zoom. Look at that timing. Picks him out of the out of the canal. Comes over to the other side, gently dumps him out of the bucket, and boom, he's up and he is rescued. Wow. How about you know, a half a second off and he would have missed. And that poor calf would have been pardon the pun, mincemeat. What a grab. Insane. I put that link in our show notes, too, if you want to watch it again. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. All right. Uh, we got one more for you before we go, and then we are going to uh, get on with our... Uh, and we're not going anywhere. We've got our book to do. Uh, but, uh, all right. Where are we headed? Okay. Sorry. Uh, bear with me, okay? I'm old. <laughs> All right. We, yes, we read books on this show. I know it's a little weird, but uh, that's what we do because we like to encourage you to read. Reading is so important. And, uh, and most important of all is to get your kids to read. Make sure you get a book in their hands, would you? We've read classic children's books from the very beginning on this show. We read them a little bit at a time from beginning to end, and then we move on to the next one. We've done uh, the Wizard of Oz, Alice in Wonderland, Peter Pan, uh, The Little Prince, so many great, uh, The Jungle Book, and uh, we've done all those. But uh, uh, we had an, uh, a viewer suggest we do 1984 because <laughs> we're living it, folks, whether you like it or not. Um, so we're going to do 1984. Oh, I did want to do one more thing before we go. I just give me a little moment of personal privilege here and tell you about this. As you can see up above here, and our little bug, <clears throat> we have a whole new look to the show. I hope you like it. And uh, work with designers, and they came up with this, which I absolutely loved. And now on our uh, J. Sheldon merchandise show uh, page, you will find all of our stuff that's been updated. Check this out. This T-shirt comes in all kinds of different colors. It's got our brand new logo on it. Uh, there you go. There's another color. It's, it, that's salmon, but there's black denim green light green blue and amazing stuff uh there's also uh, uh, singlets tank tops and you can see those there again a variety of different colors with our new logo on it uh there you go i like this one that's a nice color although black is really pretty cool but that color is pretty nice too i kind of like that one all right our coffee mug has also been updated and you can check that out that is over there on uh there and a hoodie that hoodie's not too expensive by the way none of this stuff is terribly expensive i tell you there is one item that i think is a little overpriced but it's kind of worth it because it's really cool and that there's our hoodie again with our logo on blazing there you go front and back this is the one that's a little pricey, but it's like 34 bucks, something like that. Not too bad, but this is a very cool baseball shirt and it's got our logo on it. It's got, see on the sleeve there, got a nice cool logo on the sleeve too. Very cool. So there you go. Again, just want to take a second and let you know about that. It's our brand new merchandise. The link to our store 
is in our show notes. Pop over there, grab something, and help to support the show. We really appreciate that. Another way you can support the show for absolutely free is by clicking on that follow button right there. Costs nothing, just takes a second. Hit that follow button, and you're good to go. All right. You know what? I thought I was ready for our book. And as it turns out, I'm not ready for our book. <laughs> oh, man. Are we still doing chapter 16? I think so. Hang on just a quick second here while I race around. It's been one of those days, I'm telling you. It has been a Monday in every sense of the word. Uh, yeah. It's been Monday. All right, so we're going to pop up here and find chapter 16, which is where I think we're starting tonight, of 1984. You know, when George Orwell wrote this, apparently he had some sort of prophetic moment because it's insane how much this book is talking about the times we live in right now in 2023. All right, chapter 16 of George Orwell's 1984. They had done it. They had done it at last. The room they were standing in was long-shaped, softly lit. The telescreen was dim to a low murmur. The richness of the dark blue carpet gave one the impression of treading on velvet. At the far end of the room, O'Brien was sitting at a table under a green-shaded lamp, with a mass of papers on either side of him. He'd not bothered to look up when the servant showed Julia and Winston in. Winston's heart was thumping so hard he doubted whether he would be able to speak. They had done it. They had done it at last, was all he could think. It'd been a rash act to come here at all and sheer folly to arrive together. Though it was true they had come by different routes and only met on O'Brien's doorstep. But merely to walk into a place needed an effort of nerve. It was only on very rare occasions that one saw inside the dwelling places of the inner party, or even penetrated into the quarter of the town where they lived. The whole atmosphere of the huge block of flats, the richness, spaciousness of everything, the unfamiliar smells of good food and good tobacco, the silent, incredibly rapid lifts sliding up and down, the white-jacketed servants hurrying to and fro. Everything was intimidating. Although he had a good pretext for coming here, he was haunted at every step by the fear of black-uniformed guard would suddenly appear from round the corner, demanding his papers and order him to get out. O'Brien's servant, however, had admitted the two of them without demure. He was a small, dark-haired man in a white jacket with a diamond shape completely expressionless, which might have been that of a Chinese. The passage down which he led them was soft-carpeted with cream-papered walls and white wainscoting, all exquisitely clean. That, too, was intimidating. Winston could not remember ever to have seen a passageway whose walls were not grimy from the contact of human bodies. 
O'Brien had a slip of paper between his fingers, seemed to be studying it intently. His heavy face bent down so one could see the line of the nose, looked both formidable and intelligent. For perhaps twenty seconds, he sat without stirring. He then pulled the speak right towards him, rapped out a message in the hybrid jargon of the ministries. Item one, comma, five, comma, seven, approved, full stop. Suggestion contained item six, double plus ridiculous verging crime thing, cancel, stop, unproceed construction-wise, anti-getting plus full estimates machinery overhead, stop, end message. He rose deliberately from his chair, came towards them across the soundless carpet. A little of the official atmosphere seemed to have fallen away from him with the news-speak words, but his expression was grimmer than usual, as though he wasn't pleased at being disturbed. The terror that Winston already felt was suddenly shot through by a streak of ordinary embarrassment. It seemed to him quite possible that he'd simply made a stupid mistake. For what evidence had he in reality that O'Brien was any kind of political conspirator? Nothing but a flash in the eyes, a single equivocable remark beyond that, only his own secret imaginings, founded on a dream. He could not even fall back on the pretense that he'd come to borrow the dictionary, because in that case Julia's presence was impossible to explain. As O'Brien passed the telescreen, a thought seemed to strike him. He stopped, turned aside, and pressed a switch on the wall. There was a, star a sharp snap. The voice had stopped. Julia uttered a tiny sound, a sort of squeak of surprise. Even in the midst of his panic, Winston was too much taken aback to be able to hold his tongue. "'You can turn it off!' he said. <laughs> yes, said O'Brien. We can turn it off. We have that privilege. He was opposite them now. His solid form towered over the pair of them, and the expression on his face was still indecipherable. He was waiting, somewhat sternly, for Winston to speak, but about what? Even now it was quite conceivable he was simply a busy man wondering irritably why he'd been interrupted. Nobody spoke. After the stopping of the telescreen, the room seemed deadly quiet. The seconds marched past, enormous. With difficulty, Winston continued to keep his eyes fixed on O'Brien. And then, suddenly, the grim face broke down into what have been the beginnings of a smile. With his characteristic gesture, O'Brien resettled his spectacles on his nose. Shall I say it, or will you? he said. I will say it, Winston said promptly. That thing is really turned off? Yes. Everything is turned off. We are alone. 
We've come here because... He paused, realizing for the first time the vagueness of his own motives. Since he didn't know, in fact, what kind of help he expected from O'Brien, it wasn't easy to say what he'd come here for. He went on, conscious that what he was saying must sound both feeble and pretentious. We believe there is some kind of conspiracy, some kind of secret organization working against the party, and that you're involved in it. We want to join it, work for it. We're enemies of the party. We disbelieve in the principles of Ingsoc. We are thought criminals. We are also adulterers. I tell you this because we want to put ourselves at your mercy. If you want us to incriminate ourselves in any other way, we're ready. He stopped, glanced over his shoulder with the feeling the door had opened. Sure enough, the little yellow-faced servant had come in without knocking. Winston saw he was carrying a tray with a decanter and glasses. Martin is one of us, said O'Brien impassively. Bring the drinks over here, Martin. Put them on the round table. Have we enough chairs? Then we may as well sit down and talk in comfort. Bring a chair for yourself, Martin. This is business. You can stop being a servant for the next ten minutes. The little man sat down, quiet at his ease, yet still with a servant-like air. The air of a valet enjoying a privilege. Winston regarded him out of the corner of his eye. It struck him that the man's whole life was playing a part, and he felt it to be dangerous to drop his assumed personality even for a moment. O'Brien took the decanter by the neck, filled up the glasses with a dark red liquid. It aroused in Winston dim memories of something seen long ago on a wall or a hoarding, a vast bottle composed of electric lights which seemed to move up and down and pour its contents into a glass. Seen from the top, the stuff looked almost black, but in the decanter it gleamed like a ruby. It had a sour, sweet smell. He saw Julia pick up her glass and sniff at it with frank curiosity. It's called wine, said O'Brien with a faint smile. You will have read about it in books, no doubt. Not much of it gets to the outer party, I'm afraid. His face grew solemn again, and he raised his glass. I think it's fitting we should begin by drinking a health to our leader, to Emmanuel Goldstein. Winston took up his glass with certain eagerness. Wine was a thing he'd read and dreamed about. The glass paperweight, Mr. Charrington's half-remembered rhymes, it belonged to the vanished romantic past, the olden times, as he liked to call it in his secret thoughts. For some reason, he'd always thought of wine as having an intensely sweet taste, like that of blackberry jam or an immediate intoxicating effect. Actually, when he came to swallow it, the stuff was distinctly disappointing. Truth was, after years of gin drinking, he could barely taste it. He set down the
the empty glass. Then there is such a thing as Goldstein, he said. Yes, there is such a person, and he is alive. Where? I do not know. And the conspiracy, the, the organization, is it real? It's not simply an invention of the thought police? Oh, no, it's real. The Brotherhood, we call it. You will never learn much more about the Brotherhood than that it exists and that you belong to it. I'll come back to that presently. He looked at his wristwatch. It's unwise even for members of the inner party to turn off the telescreen for more than half an hour. You ought not to have come here together, and you'll have to leave separately. You, comrade, he bowed his head to Julia, will leave first. We have about twenty minutes at our disposal. You'll understand I must start by asking you certain questions. In general terms, what are you prepared to do? Anything that we're capable of. And that looks like a good spot to stop chapter 16. We will continue this on tomorrow night's show. Wow, George Orwell's 1984. This has been an incredible book. <laughs> All right. Thanks so much for uh, popping by and uh, liking the stream. You can hit that follow button right there. It really helps us out. Check out all of our sponsors and our show notes down below and uh, find yourself some great deals there from the folks who, who sponsor this show. Help to support them. I will see you again tomorrow. Snort. <laughs>